Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul 'uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma 'allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima 'allamtana wa zidna 'ilma. Last week we started speaking about the biography of the great companion, the first Khalifa of the Prophet wasallam, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq And we mentioned some incidents in his life before the advent of Islam, before the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, received revelation. And we mentioned that even before the prophethood of the Prophet wasallam, Abu Bakr and the Prophet Muhammad were close friends even before the Prophet was given his mission as a Prophet. So Abu Bakr and the Prophet were good friends. And the reason for this, the reason why they were close friends is because they had very similar personalities. They both had very similar personalities. They were both men of honor. They were both men of integrity. They were both men of trustworthiness. They had very similar characteristics, so of course they got along well. As the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ mentions, Al-arwahu junudun mujannadah, fama ta'arafa minha atalaf, wa ma tanakara minha ikhtalaf. The Prophet ﷺ said that the souls of the people are like soldiers, and those that are similar, they will get along with each other and those who are different they will not get along with each other so Abu Bakr and the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, they had similar characteristics similar personalities so they always got along very well even before the prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad we mentioned that Abu Bakr since he became an adolescent since he was at an age when he was able to understand and use his mind and use reasoning, he never worshipped idols. So from the point where he reached adolescence, he never worshipped idols because he realized that these stones can bring no benefit nor can they bring any harm. So he stopped worshipping any, any type of idols. He knew that this is false worship. And he was ready to accept a religion of Tawheed. He was ready to accept a religion that recognized an almighty creator that has no partners and no associates. So he was ready for this. So when the Prophet wasallam, the close friend of Abu Bakr when the Prophet wasallam finally received his first revelation, the Prophet wasallam was 40 years old. So Abu Bakr at this time he was about 38. He was about two years younger than the Prophet wasallam, as we mentioned last week. So when the Prophet ﷺ finally received revelation at the age of 40, the first person, as you know, to believe in the Prophet ﷺ was his wife Khadija anha. Because when the Prophet ﷺ received the revelation in the cave of Hira, he was afraid. He went back home and he told his wife about what had happened and she immediately believed in him. So Khadija bint Khuwailid anha, our mother, Umm al-Mu'mineen, she is actually the first person who believed in the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But from amongst the men, from amongst the men, the first man to believe in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Abu Bakr As-Siddiq radiallahu So when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam present, presented Islam to Abu Bakr, 
when he presented Islam to his friend Abu Bakr and he informed Abu Bakr that he was the messenger that the Prophet ﷺ, he informed him I'm the messenger of Allah and this is what has been revealed to me and he he introduced Islam to Abu Bakr radiallahu an. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he immediately accepted when the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that he was the messenger of Allah and this revelation had come down to him Abu Bakr radiallahu an accepted it without question without hesitation without saying oh I need time to think without asking for any miracles without asking for any evidence nothing he accepted what the Prophet ﷺ said immediately without any hesitation. And he actually said to the Prophet ﷺ, this makes sense. This mission, it suits you. You are the perfect person for this mission. You are a man of integrity, you are a man of honor, and it makes sense. It makes sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would choose you for this mission. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu accepted it immediately without hesitation and he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Rasulullah mudda yadak fa inni ubayi'uk He said Ya Rasulullah stretch out your hand I will give you bay'ah I will give you my pledge of allegiance that I will follow you and that I will be with you and that I will support you So this is Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu So he is the first of the men to accept Islam and he accepted it without question, without doubt, without even any hesitation. And the Prophet ﷺ, he appreciated this and he remembered this. And he actually said, the Prophet ﷺ, later on he said, مَا دَعُوتُ أَحَدًا إِلَى الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا كَانَتْ لَهُ كَبْوَةٌ وَتَرَدُّدْ وَنَظَرْ إِلَّا أَبَا بَكَرْ مَا عَكَمَ عَنْهُ The Prophet ﷺ said, I didn't call anyone to Islam except that when I called a person to Islam, this person would think about it and he would have some hesitation and he would not immediately accept without thinking about it first. Then he said, Illa Abu Bakr ma akama anhu. Except for Abu Bakr. Except for Abu Bakr. When I called him to Islam, he accepted it immediately without any hesitation, without any questions. He was quick to accept it. And he accepted it immediately. So this shows the special station of Abu Bakr and it shows how close he was to the Prophet and how much he trusted and believed in the Prophet Now Abu Bakr even after he accepted Islam and we know from the seerah the hostility that the Quraysh had towards the Muslims in Mecca. So many of the Muslims, they were forced to hide their Islam. Even if they believed in the Prophet ﷺ, they believed in him secretly. But Abu Bakr was not one of those who felt that he could keep his Islam secret. Even if that would expose him to harm, even if that would expose him to danger, he didn't care. Abu Bakr he did not hide his Islam. Since he accepted Islam, he did not hide his Islam. He openly practiced Islam and he would also give da'wah to people. He would call other people to Islam as well. He would call other people to Islam as well and a number of people ex accepted Islam on the hands of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu And who are some of the people who accepted Islam from the efforts of da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Now listen to these names. These names of companions 
who accepted Islam through the da'wah and the efforts of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Listen to these names. Uthman ibn Affan The third Khalifa of Islam. The son-in-law of the Prophet Dhu'l-Nurayn, who was married to two daughters of the Prophet After one passed away, the Prophet gave his other daughter to Uthman Uthman one of the ten who was guaranteed paradise while he was still alive on this earth. Uthman ibn Affan عن, accepted Islam through the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq Who else? Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam Also from the ten who were given glad tidings of paradise while they were alive on earth. Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam, the great warrior of Islam. The first person who unsheathed the sword for Islam. That is Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam He was only 12 years old when he accepted Islam through the da'wah of Abu Bakr 12 years old. And Abu Bakr gave him da'wah and he accepted Islam. Walhamdulillah. And after Az-Zubair accepted Islam, his uncle would torture him. The uncle of Az-Zubair would torture Az-Zubair. And he would tell him, you must renounce this religion. How would he torture him? He would light a fire. And he wouldn't put him in the fire, but the smoke, the fumes that would come out of the fire, he would make him go in that smoke and inhale that smoke and keep him there. And say, you will stay like this until you renounce this religion. A 12-year-old boy. But as Zubair radiallahu anhu, he said, no, I will never, ever renounce this religion. Do whatever you want to do to me. It's not going to work. This is Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam radiallahu anhu. And he accepted Islam at the age of 12 through the da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. And later on, he would become the son-in-law of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu as well. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu married his daughter Asma bint Abi Bakr to Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam radiallahu anhu. And from that marriage, Abdullah ibn Az-Zubair, another great companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and a, a great person in Islam, Abdullah ibn Az-Zubair radiallahu anhu, he was born from that marriage radiallahu anhu. So Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam also from the people who accepted Islam through the da'wah of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Abdul Rahman ibn Awf radiallahu anhu. Also one of the major companions of the Prophet and from the ten who are guaranteed Jannah in this life, he accepted Islam through the efforts of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu He's also from the ten who were guaranteed paradise. He later on became the Fatih of al-Iraq. He became the one who conquered Iraq by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was the first person who shot an arrow for Islam. Az-Zubair radiallahu anhu was the first one who unsheathed the sword for Islam. And Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, he was the first one who shot an arrow in the path of Allah radiallahu anhu. Also from the ten who was guaranteed Jannah. Also from those who accepted Islam through the efforts of da'wah of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Talha ibn Ubaidillah radiallahu anhu. Talha ibn Ubaidillah one of the great companions of the Prophet وسلم, also from the ten who were guaranteed Jannah in this life. And Talha ibn Ubaidillah he is the one on the day of Uhud when the Prophet وسلم, was injured 
when the Prophet was physically injured, Talha ibn Ubaidullah carried the Prophet on his back on the mountain of Uhud. This is Talha ibn Ubaidullah, great companion of the Prophet. Also, he accepted Islam through the efforts of da'wah of Abu Bakr as Siddiq. Look at these names. These are the people who accepted Islam through the efforts of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Uthman ibn Affan, Zubair ibn Awam, Abdurrahman ibn Awf, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, and Talha ibn Ubaidullah. Five of these people, these five men, they are all from the ten who were given glad tidings of Jannah. And these five, they accepted Islam through the efforts of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So you see this honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَأَنْ يَهْدِيَ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجُلًا وَاحِدًا خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ حُمْرِ النَّعَمِ That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just guides one person through you, that is better for you than the red camels. The red camels at that time, it was the, the, one of the best forms of wealth that a person could have. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides one person through you, any person. If Allah guides one person through your efforts, that is better for you than the best type of wealth. Now Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, who are these people who were guided through the da'wah of Abu Bakr? They're not just normal people. These are the cream of the crop of the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is the honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu So as we mentioned, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he did not keep his Islam as a secret. He proclaimed it openly. He did not hide it at all. And he actually set aside a portion of his home an open portion of his home, he designated it and set it aside as a masjid, as a place where he would pray and a place where he would read Quran. And he made sure he kept this area in an open area so that anyone who's passing by could see it. Because he wanted this to be a form of da'wah as well. He's sitting here in the masjid of his home, praying, reading Quran. People are going to see, people are going to hear, and they will become interested in Islam. This was also a form of da'wah that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu did. So when he would read Quran and when he would pray there, the people would see and they would hear. And Islam entered the hearts of a number of people through this effort as well. Alhamdulillah. So you see Abu Bakr radiallahu anh very active in da'wah, trying to make sure that he conveys and spreads this message to as many people as possible. Also from the virtues of Abu Bakr radiallahu anh was that he was always ready to defend the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam physically. And we mentioned last week when we spoke about the physical characteristics of Abu Bakr radiallahu we mentioned that he was a very thin man. He was very thin. Right? But still that didn't stop him from physically defending the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam from harm when the situation warranted this. He was always ready to defend the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in whatever way he needed to. And he would do that even if it meant deflecting the harm that they were trying to put on the Prophet ﷺ, deflecting that from the Prophet ﷺ to himself. If they're trying to hurt the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr radiallahu he would make himself the target instead of the Prophet ﷺ, so that they would leave the Prophet ﷺ and they would attack him instead. This is the love that Abu Bakr radiallahu had for the Prophet ﷺ. And this was his bravery in the face of the kuffar of the Quraysh as well. So even though he was a thin person physically, that should not deceive anyone. He was a giant in terms of his courage and in terms 
of his bravery so as you know the Prophet while he was in Mecca he was under the protection of his uncle Abu Talib Abu Talib he was from the VIPs of the Quraysh so as long as the Prophet was under his protection the Quraysh could not harm him Quraysh could not touch the Prophet because Abu Talib was very powerful but when Abu Talib passed away this was a very difficult incident in the life of the Prophet the passing away of his uncle Abu Talib who protected him and took care of him for so many years so when Abu Talib passed away the Quraysh saw this as an opportunity now his protector is God that's what they thought they didn't realize that his protector is actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but the Quraysh in their thinking they thought okay Abu Talib was protecting him now Abu Talib is gone this is our chance now we can harm the Prophet ﷺ. we can hurt him maybe they were even thinking of killing him actually so they saw the death of Abu Talib as an opportunity to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. the son of Abu Talib Ali ibn Abi Talib he narrates that three days after his father's death Ali he says three days after my father Abu Talib died some of the people from the Quraysh, they saw this as an opportunity that they wanted to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. So they actually confronted the Prophet ﷺ and they were ready to physically harm him. But Abu Bakr got in the way. Even though Abu Bakr was outnumbered, Abu Bakr is one thin man. And this was a number of kuffar of the Quraysh who wanted to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. But Abu Bakr didn't let that stop him. He didn't think to himself, oh, I'm only one person, there are a lot of people, I'm, I'm a thin person, they may be stronger. He didn't think anything like that, no. He saw that the Prophet ﷺ was in danger, so he put himself in danger instead to deflect that harm from the Prophet ﷺ onto himself. So these kuffar of the Quraysh, three days after the death of Abu Talib, they're ready to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. Abu Bakr gets in the way. And he says, أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهُ وَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ He said the same thing that the believer from the family of the Fir'aun said regarding Musa alayhi salam. أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهُ وَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Will you kill a man just because he says my Lord is Allah and he has actually come with proofs from your Lord? So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said the same thing to the kuffar of the Quraysh. أَتَقْتُلُونَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يَقُولَ رَبِّيَ اللَّهِ وَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Are you going to kill a man just because he says my Lord is Allah? And he has come with proofs from his Lord. He has come with proofs from your Lord to show that he is speaking the truth. وَاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهِ surely he is the messenger of Allah. So these kuffar of the Quraysh who wanted to hurt the Prophet ﷺ, now instead their attention, it turned to Abu Bakr and they attacked him. And Ali mentions that on that day that that incident happened, Abu Bakr he had long hair and he had braided his hair into two braids. So there were two braids in his hair and this scuffle ensued, this fight happened and they attacked Abu Bakr and at the end of the fight, one of the braids of Abu Bakr's hair, it was ripped off of his head. So you can imagine, you can imagine how severe that fight was. Imagine like pulling a braid 
off somebody's head. How much pressure and force needs to be exerted to do such a thing? But this is what they did to Abu Bakr an, while he was defending the Prophet So this gives you some insight into the courage and the bravery and the integrity of Abu Bakr an. One day, Ali ibn Abi Talib an, he asked the people, he asked the people, who do you think is better? Who is a better person? The mu'min from Ali Fir'aun, the believer from the family of the Fir'aun that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran? Or Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Who do you think is better? Ali radiallahu anhu posed this question to the people. And the people, they didn't know what to answer. They didn't know what to say. So then Ali radiallahu anhu, he answered his own question. He said, one day, just one day in the life of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu is better than the believer from the family of the Fir'aun. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the mu'min, the believer from the family of the Fir'aun. He says about him, وَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مُؤْمِنٌ مِنْ آلِ فِرْعَوْنِ يَكْتُمُ إِيمَانَهُ That this man, the believer from the family of the Fir'aun, he was a believer, but he kept his iman hidden in himself. He did not, he did not uh, publicize to the people that he was a believer. He kept his iman to himself, and he didn't tell the people about it. But still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised this believer from the family of the Fir'aun, even though he hid his iman. But as for Abu Bakr radiallahu he did not hide his iman, he publicized his iman. And due to that publicizing of his iman, he himself suffered physically because of that. So who is better? Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu is better than the believer from the family of the Fir'aun. This is what Ali radiallahu said. Asma bint Abi Bakr, the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu Asma radiallahu anha, she says that once the mushrikeen, once the kuffar of the Quraysh, they were at the Kaaba, they were sitting around the Kaaba, and they were talking about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were saying, he speaks ill about our idols, he speaks ill about the, the way that our forefathers used to worship these idols, and how we worship these idols. They were criticizing the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So as they were speaking about him and criticizing him, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came. He came to the Kaaba, and when they saw him, they said, "Ya Muhammad, do you say such and such about our idols? You say such and such about Allah and such and such about Al Uzza. You say this stuff about our idols?" And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Yes, yes, this is what I say about your idols." And then they grabbed the Prophet ﷺ, the kuffar of the Quraysh, one of them grabbed the Prophet ﷺ by his upper garment and he was ready to hurt him and to hit him. And there were others around as well. So one of the, the people who witnessed the situation escalating like this, he quickly ran to Abu Bakr. He ran to Abu Bakr an, and this man said to Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, adrik sahibak. Oh Abu Bakr, go! And see what's happening with your friend, with your companion. See what they're doing to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam quickly. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu quickly he he ran to the Kaaba to see what was going on. He rushed to the scene, and he saw that these kuffar of the Quraysh were ready to attack the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said to them, "Waylakum, ataktuluna rajulan an yaqula Rabbi Allah, that may you be cursed." Will you kill a man just because he says that Allah is his Lord? 
And then they diverted their attention from the Prophet وسلم, and they attacked Abu Bakr So a number of times Abu Bakr put himself in between the kuffar of the Quraysh and the Prophet And that day Abu Bakr he took a very severe beating. They beat him severely. And Asma radiallahu anha, the daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anha, she says, that day my father when he came home, after that beating was done, when he came home, he was so bloody. Abu Bakr radiallahu anha was so bloody that we couldn't tell his front from his back. We couldn't tell if, if this is his face or this is the back of his head. That's how bloody he was radiallahu anhu wa ardah. So this is what Abu Bakr radiallahu anha was ready to endure to protect the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And it just shows his love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This happened, this type of incident happened a number of times with Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. He defended the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam from the harm of the kuffar of the Quraysh. He loved the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam more than he loved himself. The safety of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was more important to him than his own safety. This was Abu Bakr radiallahu Also from the virtues of Abu Bakr radiallahu is that he would buy and free weak Muslim slaves. The slaves, of course, they were the weakest of the people. Muslims in general were being oppressed and persecuted in Mecca. So imagine if you are a Muslim and a slave as well. The persecution and the oppression is even worse. So Abu Bakr radiallahu he would keep, keep himself on the lookout for weak Muslim slaves who are being oppressed and tortured by their owners, he would go and he would buy those slaves. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with wealth. He would buy those slaves and he would free them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something that Abu Bakr radiallahu distinguished himself in, buying the poor and weak slaves from the Muslims and freeing them for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The most famous example of a slave that Abu Bakr bought and then freed is Bilal ibn Rabah. Bilal, he was an Abyssinian slave. He was owned by an evil man named Umayyah ibn Khalaf. And Umayyah used to torture Bilal extremely. He would take him at noontime in the heat of Mecca. Mecca gets really hot. And at the time of Dhuhr, that's the hottest that it is. He would take him and he would make him lie down with his body on the hot sand. Hot sand in the heat of the Makkah sun, that is something that can burn you. So he would make him lie down on the hot sand and that's not it. Then he would order for a huge stone to be brought and placed upon Bilal an's body. And the stone was baked hot as well from the sun. So imagine that type of a torture. The heaviness of the stone, plus the heat of the stone, plus the heat of the sand. This is extreme torture. And Umayyah ibn Khalaf, he would say to Bilal, he would say, you're going to stay like this. You're going to stay in this position, in this situation, until either you die or you renounce Islam and you reaffirm belief in Allah wal Uzza. You say you believe in Allah and al Uzza, then I will, I will lift this torture from you. But Bilal radiallahu an, he would not budge. He would not give Umayyah what he wanted. Rather, he would just say, Ahadun, Ahad, Ahadun, Ahad. Allah is one, Allah is one, Allah is one, Allah is one. That's it. And that would really 
get on the nerves of Umayyah ibn Khalaf and he would increase the torture. But Bilal radiallahu anhu, he didn't care. Later on, after Bilal radiallahu anhu was freed, a while later, the people asked him, why did you used to only say that? Ahadun ahad, ahad, ahad. Why didn't you say anything else? Just ahadun ahad. And Bilal radiallahu anhu, he says, I used to do that. At first I would say many things. I would say, la ilaha illallah. I would say a lot of things. But I saw that the thing that really bothered them the most, that would really make them the most upset and angry and get on their nerves is when I would say Ahadun Ahad. So I wanted to annoy them and bother them as much as possible. I wanted to upset them as much as possible and I saw that that word was the word that would upset them the most so I kept it at that. Ahadun Ahad. Allah is one. Allah is one. So this is the bravery of Bilal radiallahu So anyways Abu Bakr radiallahu saw this situation. And he said to Umayyah ibn Khalaf, That don't you fear Allah with regards to this man? What are you doing? How can you torture a person like this? And then Umayyah ibn Khalaf said to Abu Bakr, You are the one who corrupted him. He was okay before. But because of you, that is why he accepted Islam. You have made him corrupt. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu said, okay, can I buy him? Let me at least buy him from you. And Umayyah said, okay, you're the one who corrupted him. You can get him off of my hands. If you want to buy him, you buy him. So Abu Bakr said, okay, I will buy him. How much do you want for him? And Umayyah bin Khalaf, he said, I, I want 10 gold coins. So Abu Bakr said, it's done. It's done. And he immediately got 10 gold coins and he gave it to Umayyah ibn Khalaf. And Bilal was transferred from Umayyah ibn Khalaf to Abu Bakr. So as Umayyah ibn Khalaf, as he took these 10 coins from Abu Bakr, these 10 gold coins, he started to laugh. And Abu Bakr noticed him laughing. He said, why are you laughing? And Umayyah said, you know, you didn't even try to bargain with me at all. Usually in these type of transactions, buying and selling slaves and other things, they would negotiate, you know, they would, they would give a price and then the buyer would try to get the price down, try to negotiate the price down until they come to an agreement. But Abu Bakr didn't do any type of negotiation with Umayyah. Umayyah said 10 gold coins. Abu Bakr said it's done. And he gave him 10 gold coins. So Umayyah started laughing after he took the 10 gold coins. He said, you didn't even try to negotiate with me. You know, if you had tried to negotiate with me, I would have sold him to you for one gold coin. I would have sold him to you for one gold coin. So then Abu Bakr without missing a beat, he said to Umayyah, he said, you know, if you try to negotiate with me, if you tried to sell him for 100 gold coins, I would have given you 100 gold coins. If you had said 100 gold coins, I would have went and gotten you 100 gold coins. Because Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he didn't care about the price. He's doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no need to negotiate when your reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he firmly understood this. So when he purchased Bilal, he freed him. He didn't keep him for his own service or anything like that. No. He freed him for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an used to say, Abu Bakr Sayyiduna A'taqa Sayyidana. Abu Bakr is our leader and he freed our leader. Abu Bakr is our leader and he freed our leader. Meaning Bilal is our leader as well. This is what Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an used to say. So Bilal ibn Rabah was the most famous example of what Abu Bakr used to do with regards to buying weak 
oppressed Muslim slaves and freeing them. He's the most famous example, Bilal radiallahu an, but he's not the only one. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he, he did this with a number of slaves. He bought a number of weak slaves and then he freed them for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another example of a slave that Abu Bakr radiallahu an purchased and freed was Zinnira radiallahu anha. Zinnira radiallahu anha. She was a European Roman slave and she was owned by Bani Makhzum, one of the branches of the Quraysh, Bani Makhzum. So she was actually a European, she was not Arab. She was a Roman slave, but she accepted Islam. She was one of the early people who accepted Islam. So of course her owners would torture her and they would beat her. And Abu Jahl was one of those who used to torture her. Abu Jahl, the Fir'aun of this Ummah, La'anahullah. He used to torture Zinnira radiallahu anha. He tortured her to such an extent that she became blind. Can you imagine torturing someone so much that this person loses their eyesight? This is the torture and the oppression that these Muslims had to go through. So Zinnira, she became blind under the torture of Abu Jahl. And when she became blind, the Quraysh, they said, ah, Allah al Uzza, they're idols. They said, Allah al Uzza were angry with her for renouncing them. So they made her blind. This is what the Quraysh said about Zinnira. And then Zinnira, radiallahu anha, she said, they cannot harm anyone nor can they benefit anyone and they don't even know who worships them you guys you are worshipping Allah and Al-Uzza don't even know that you are worshipping them they have no knowledge they have no ability to do anything at all and then she said and my Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has all power and he has the power to give me my sight back he can give me my eyesight back. So they said that Allah and Al-Uzza had taken away her eyesight because they were angry with her. And she said, if Allah wills, He will give me my eyesight back. And Allah and Al-Uzza, they cannot harm anyone nor can they benefit anyone. The next day, the very next day, she had her eyesight back. Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave her her eyesight back. This was a sign for the Quraysh that Allah and Al-Uzza, they are nothing but Allah has power over all things. But did they accept it? They saw this sign in front of their eyes. Did they accept Islam? No. Rather they said, هذا من سحري محمد That this is from the magic of Muhammad. They accused the Prophet ﷺ of magic instead of accepting the truth. So, Abu Bakr he saw this torture that Zinnira was going through. So, he offered to buy her. He said, can I buy her? And they agreed to sell her to Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr radiallahu an. He bought her and he freed her for the pleasure of Allah. Now when the Quraysh saw Zinnira and she's a free Muslim woman now, alhamdulillah. And they saw that she's practicing Islam. The Quraysh said amongst themselves, لَوْ كَانَ خَيْرًا مَا سَبَقَتْنَا إِلَيْهِ Zinnira." They said if this religion was good, if Islam was good, then there is no way that this woman, Zinnira, she's not even an Arab and she was a slave. There is no way that she can get something good before us. If there was any good in this religion, she would not have been the first one to accept it before us. This is what they said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَوْ كَانَ خَيْرًا مَا سَبَقُونَا إِلَيْهِ 
that the disbelievers, they would say that if this is something good, they would say to the believers, if Islam is something good, if your religion is something good, then the believers, the Muslims, they wouldn't have been the first ones to accept it before us. These people, the Muslims, who were mostly weak people, poor people, the kuffar of the Quraysh were saying, if there was any good in this, then no way these people would accept it before us. The good should come to us first before it goes to anyone else. This was the arrogance and the delusion of these people. So Zinnira is another example of one of the slaves freed by Abu Bakr. Also, Abu Bakr freed a woman slave named An-Nahdiya. She was known as An-Nahdiya. She and her daughter both had accepted Islam. An-Nahdiya and her daughter, the two of them, they both had accepted Islam. And they were owned by a woman from Banu Abdiddar. And she was a very harsh woman and she would torture these slaves. She would torture An-Nahdiya and her daughter. So Abu Bakr, he saw this and he asked this woman, can I buy An-Nahdiya and her daughter from you? And then she said, you're the one who corrupted them? Yes, go ahead and buy them. He said, okay, how much do you need? How much do you want for them? And she gave her price, he bought them. He brought them and he freed them, walhamdulillah. So An-Nahdiya and her daughter, another example of the slaves freed by Abu Bakr radiallahu Also, Abu Bakr freed the slave of Bani Mu'ammil. Bani Mu'ammil, another, it was another sub-branch of the Quraysh. They had a slave girl and she used to be tortured by Umar ibn al-Khattab He was not the owner of this slave, but he would volunteer to go and torture her. This is before Umar accepted Islam. See how Islam changes a person completely. Umar later on after he accepted Islam, he became from one of the best people, one of the best companions of the Prophet only after Abu Bakr. But before Islam, Umar was a totally different personality. So this slave girl from Bani Mu'ammil, even though she was not owned by Umar ibn al-Khattab he would go and volunteer to go and beat her and torture her. So he would torture her and he would beat her so much until he would get tired. Until he himself would get tired of beating her. And then he would say to her sarcastically, he would apologize to her. He said, I'm so sorry. I wish I could continue beating you, but really I have to go now. So he would, he would say it to her in a mocking way. And this is the torture that this slave girl had to go through. So Abu Bakr he saw this as well. So he, he purchased this slave girl and he freed her as well. Alhamdulillah. So you can see here, it was not only Bilal but this was just what Abu Bakr used to do. He used to actually actively seek out these poor, weak, oppressed Muslim slaves. He would buy them and then he would free them for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was a great virtue of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and he actually spent a lot of money on this. Don't think that slaves were cheap, they were expensive. And he was not getting any personal benefit from those slaves. He would buy them and then he would free them. He would not use them for his own use. This was all for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he spent a lot of money on this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him. So these are some of the actions of Abu Bakr عن, in Mecca before the Hijrah, before he made Hijrah with the Prophet So you can see what an honorable, great man he was during those Mecca years. Next, next week, inshallah, we will talk about the Hijrah 
the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr making hijrah together, the preparations for that and the journey. We'll speak about that from the perspective of Abu Bakr inshallah. We'll speak about that next week bi'idhnillah. Wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.